Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. By some metrics, Indiana's teacher pay is last in the nation. A new report by the Next Level Teacher Compensation Commission takes aim at how to fix that. The commission had a two-part goal. Governor Holcomb appointed the 13 members nearly two years ago, and the goals were determine competitive teacher pay in Indiana and recommend how to achieve it. The report concludes that even when adjusting for cost of living, Indiana's teacher pay is lacking. And that's resulting in the Hoosier State confronting significant challenges in attracting and retaining qualified teachers. I'm going to write on my page. As the Next Level Teacher Compensation Commission report lays out clearly and repeatedly, right now Indiana's average teacher pay is not competitive nationally or locally. Chairman Mike Smith went over the commission's findings last week. Our ambition is to restore Indiana to a competitive status. We think the most relevant competitive peer group is to look at the Midwest. In 2000, Indiana teachers earned nearly $42,000 on average. In 2019, the average was about 51,000, which ranks Indiana dead last nationally for salary growth during that time. Another way to show how low Indiana's teacher salary increase has been over the past 19 years, if you apply inflation to the salary average from 2000, it would equal 62,000 in 2019 dollars, more than 10,000 higher than Indiana's actual average pay. We identified $60,000 as a competitive pay target for teachers in our state. There are about 65,000 full-time teachers in Indiana right now. To increase the average salary to 60,000 statewide, the commission found it would take an additional investment of more than $600 million per year. That would put Indiana teachers at the third highest salary level, average salary level, in the Midwest. The report provides 37 recommendations for school corporations and state government leaders to achieve the necessary $600 million annual boost. But Smith says it's crucial to understand how the pandemic has changed things. We acknowledge that COVID-19 has had an enormous financial impact on our state that we did not anticipate when we started our work. The report urges change at the state level. Quote, once it is economically feasible, the General Assembly should consider an increase in revenue through income tax, statewide referendum, per parcel property fees, or another source. The report states that better compensation results in better teachers who generate higher quality education. As it stands, Hoosier teachers can leave for neighbors Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, or Kentucky for higher pay. But the opinion of the commission is that it will take both revenue increases and cost reductions and reallocations. State Superintendent Jennifer McCormick says the report presented a decade of, quote, known data, and that most schools have already considered and implemented the report's recommendations. Quote, as we enter the 2021 Indiana General Assembly legislative session, Hoosier educators look forward to the additional state funding and state-level policy actions necessary in order for teacher compensation to truly move forward. WSBT 22's Tolly Taylor reporting. 
Thieves are targeting a specific part of your vehicle, and the number of reports has exploded across St. Joseph County. Since November, the St. Joseph County Police Department has received at least 25 reports, and that number is growing on a nearly daily basis. If you have a business and you have a fleet of trucks, you're a target. From car dealerships to churches, thieves are sliding underneath the vehicles to nab a part that has precious metals inside. A palladium in the uh, uh, Cadillac converters, as of last week, was worth $84 a gram. And there's three to seven grams in some of these Cadillac converters. Greg Petkoff says the converters have always been targets, but this year has been the worst. Getting hit on a weekly basis, he had five stolen last week alone. On this truck, the converter didn't go too far. When we caught the guy, we caught him right-handed with all evidence. He was under the car when we caught him. Petkov says it's been a tough year financially already. Now we're dealing with theft on top of that. And on average, on average to replace a converter on a car, uh, on a newer car, it, it's costing us up to, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 bucks. Mohammed Aldi has caught several thieves on his cameras. It is just annoying. Sometimes I don't sleep, to be honest with you, watching my business, you know, from my home. Detective Dave Salt wants people to be on the lookout. Park your vehicles in the garage if you can. Um, don't leave them outside. If you go to a store, make sure you park near an entrance. When you, If you have a business, make sure your parking lot's lit up. Petkov says his friend was hit just this morning. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. St. Joseph County and a Democratic member of the Voter Registration Office are facing a sexual harassment lawsuit from a former Republican member. A federal lawsuit filed Friday says Democrat Mohammed Shabazz sexually harassed Republican Trisha Correco while both were working in the county's Voter Registration Office. The lawsuit alleged Shabazz, quote, frequently flirted with Correco and made inappropriate remarks of a sexual nature. It says that Correco told Shabazz that she is happily married and that his remarks made Made her uncomfortable, but the harassment didn't stop. Carrico says Shabazz told her she looked, quote, fine, asked her to kiss him, and said it was a shame she was married. The suit says Shabazz called Carrico on many weekends and nights and made sexual advances, sounding drunk over the phone. Carrico says she told her supervisor, fellow Republican Kim Riskovich, about the incidents, and Riskovich talked to Shabazz but the suit says the harassment continued. Complaints were made by Carrico and several others from the office to the county's human resources director, Kim Karkowitz, and Shabazz was directed to work from home. However, the suit says, quote, because many of the day-to-day -day tasks of voter registration cannot be performed remotely and because Karkowitz lacked the authority to direct Shabazz's work performance, Shabazz returned to the office two weeks later and continued to work in close proximity with Carrico. She eventually left the voter registration office in November. Her attorney turned down a request for comment. We asked St. Joseph County Commissioner Andy Castelny why the county lacked authority over Shabazz. Castelny says Democrat and Republican members are paid by the county but answer to their respective party chairs. We repeatedly reached out to the St. Joseph County Democratic Chairman Stan Rubel but our calls went unanswered. We also reached out to Mohammed Shabazz but did not hear back. Carrico is asking for a range of things in this lawsuit, including reinstatement to the office, along with monetary and punitive damages. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. 
President-elect Joe Biden named former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg to serve as Secretary of Transportation in his administration. A look here at how the appointment might be received in Congress and what's in it for Buttigieg. The department oversees the country's highways, planes, and mass transit. Offhand, it may not seem like a very prestigious position, uh, but, it, but it can be in terms of practical politics. Uh, a very valuable position. Buttigieg has some experience in dealing with transportation issues. He pioneered South Bend's Smart Streets program, which got rid of one-way streets and expanded sidewalks and biking downtown. During his administration, the city also installed several roundabouts, but the city's streets were always a big challenge. It is a somewhat surprising that 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 would be the cabinet position for which he would be nominated. While Buttigieg dealt with local transportation issues, they pale in comparison to running an entire department of the United States government. Some raise questions about why other seemingly more qualified candidates were passed over. Political science professor Sean Savage says he thinks it's about optics and having a diverse cabinet. Well, frankly, I, I think that his age and his uh, sexual orientation were probably factors in Biden's decision. Biden tweeted earlier tonight that Buttigieg is a, quote, leader, patriot, and problem solver. He speaks to the best of who we are as a nation. Buttigieg responding, saying, quote, now is the time to build back better through modern and sustainable infrastructure that creates millions of good-paying union jobs, revitalizes communities, and empowers all Americans to thrive. President-elect Biden has said he wants a major infrastructure overhaul as president, which would fall under Buttigieg's responsibilities. Buttigieg will still have to face a Senate confirmation hearing and vote before officially taking the position. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. A new owner has plans to purchase the SF Motors building in Mishawaka. That's part of the old AM General facility on McKinley. From the Hummer H2 to Mercedes to a handicap accessible taxi cab, most recently SF Motors became series and invested $25 million in upgrades to build electric vehicles. But market conditions pushed the company to focus production in China. Local economic experts say this new owner shows more promise for longevity. The parking lot of this former SF Motors plant is pretty empty now. But this time next year, it could be filled with employees' cars, according to South Bend Regional Chamber President Jeff Ray. When SF was estimating, they were um, talking four to 500. Um, and, and my guess is this will be very much in line uh, with that. I haven't seen a, an exact uh, number. He says this project to get a new manufacturer in here, after a lot of uncertainty, is one of the most anticipated industrial projects in the area. This is one of the most state-of-the-art auto production facilities in the U.S. So uh, there's been a great deal of interest in doing something uh, with the site. And we're excited for production to start at the plant again real soon. Electric Last Mile makes electric Class 1 delivery vehicles, those weighing less than 6,000 pounds. They're designed to have a lower ownership cost than comparable gas vehicles. Production here is anticipated to start in the third quarter of 2021. The company reports about 30,000 vehicle orders have already been placed. Last week, uh, you know, was kind of the first public unveiling then even of, of some of the potential clients, you know, folks like Walmart and, and FedEx and Hertz and Ikea and Ryder, um, all uh, are, were listed as potential uh, customers there. St. Joseph County Economic Development Executive Director Bill Shalio says the project is on a good path for the long term. He's excited about the opportunity to bring new jobs back to the facility and the new investment. 
we do know that SF Motors made major investment into the facility. So, uh, but it got it to a point, and and so we anticipate that there'll still be a fair amount of investment that needs to be made into the building to to bring it up to production levels. Chalio says there will be an announcement at the state level this week on incentives. Then some of those final details, including when hiring will begin, will be settled on so that this plan can become reality. WSVT 22's Caroline Torrey reporting. The number of new international students at American universities fell by nearly half this year. That's according to the Institute of International Education survey of more than 700 U.S. universities last month. WSBT 22 looked into whether local universities are similarly affected. That was my starting point, but in the process of reporting the story, I also learned about why universities value international students so much and how international perception of American universities has shifted. Overall, from last year, we saw about a 14% drop in international students. Susan Elrod says international students don't make up a large percentage of IU South Bend's student population. But the university chancellor says the 140 students are an important part of the school. We really live in a globally connected world. Elrod says for the roughly 5,000 undergraduate and graduate students at IU South Bend, International students bring a cultural diversity to the classroom that some students may not encounter anywhere else. We have um, students from Vietnam, Taiwan, Norway, Malawi, Uganda. But why have universities across the country seen a drop of 43% in new international students and 16% in overall international enrollment this year? Elrod says it may be due to a hostile political climate towards international students but she's not sure. An associate provost at Western Michigan University has a different theory. What we've been really dealing with has been a crisis of perception. Paolo Zigalomelo is the associate provost for global education at Western Michigan University. More and more, he says, would-be international students are choosing to stay home or incorrectly think student visas are harder to get. He says this trend dates back three or four years, and he and his team have worked hard to strengthen international partnerships to attract more international students. This fall, Years of work are finally bearing fruit. We had a total new international enrollment increase of 82%. International students make up 10% of Western Michigan's student body. And he says that reflects the university's commitment to global engagement. He says many people may think of diversity from a racial perspective, but international students can also provide an intellectual and cultural diversity that he says is crucial for living in our interconnected world. It's from that intellectual diversity that comes a very important uh, part of the learning process. To achieve true cultural and intellectual diversity, the more than 2,000 international students come from over 90 countries. But the most important thing to focus on are really the commonalities. What is common? Because most of it is common. When American students are accustomed to socializing and studying alongside students from all over the world, he says, it means that they can enter the workforce feeling comfortable dealing with different cultures and seeing global challenges from a variety of perspectives. That understanding of different perspectives, but also what brings us together, is really important. The other reality of this decrease is that universities often depend on international students for revenue, since many pay full tuition. And that could put many universities in a financial hole going forward. The associate provost gives the example of the MBA program in Taiwan. He says it took decades to build it up, attract faculty, and get the coursework up to Western Michigan standards. 
But now that it's in place, it's a strong program for the university. WSBT 22's Tolly Taylor reporting. The views expressed on WSBT's community update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on the Sports Leader. 96.1 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 